Well, we thank you, Father. We thank you for your presence that we've already experienced. We've already felt your presence. We've already heard your 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 voice speak to us, your, your word, God, of interpretation and speaking in tongues, a message in tongues and interpretation thereof, Lord God. God, and the, even the, the bearing witness of the Holy Ghost, God, the, the witnesses must be present. Amen? Amen? And so just a little teaching moment that when there's a, a message in tongues, there should be an interpretation, but there should also be someone who has a, a bears witness to it that knows that that was it. Amen? And um, God has blessed this church with that. Amen. Amen. This ministry with that. And even when Larry and I aren't here, the Holy Ghost is here. The same Holy Ghost. Amen. So we need to learn to be to move and to operate in these gifts and say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you this morning, God, for this place, God, that you have set apart for your ministry, God, this building, this place, this land, this property, God, has been dedicated to you over and over and over again, God, that even, even the stigmas and the, the things that have been said against it, God, we've prayed against them. They're broken in the name of Jesus. This is a place of light, a place of victory, a place of, of salvation, a place of healing, a place where the Spirit of the Lord is. That when you come into the presence and you come into the front door, that you know that you're in the presence of the Lord. That when you walk in the side door, even from the, the fellowship hall, there's something different about this sanctuary, Lord. We thank you for your anointing, Father God. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word this morning, God. We thank you, God, for all that you've already done and what you're about to do, God. We thank you, God, for the, the healings that are going to happen. We thank you for the, the chains that are broken, God. We thank you for deliverance and salvation, God, for it all is in you, Lord. It's all because of you, Lord. Lord, we're just obedient vessels, obedient servants, Lord. And we love you and we thank you, God. We thank you for the anointing, God. We don't count it a light thing to stand behind the sacred desk to bring the word of God to your people, God. We thank you, Lord, and we glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Chapter 8 of the book of Romans. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That's why I had to, I wanted to read from this, this version. Sorry. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I was wondering where my bookmarker was. There it is. All right. So there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, what, who do we walk after? The spirit. We are spiritual creatures. God is a spirit. Amen. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And he put within you a spirit. Amen. You have your own human spirit, your own spirit. Amen. But God put it there. Amen. Which joins us to him eternally, really. That we're all, you know, the, the only thing that can separate us is ourselves. It's not, you can't blame everything on Satan. Amen. It's your choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. It's your choice if you're going to walk with him. It's your choice whether or not you're going to get saved and give your life to him. It's up to you. Amen. It's up to you if you're going to reject him and walk away. Amen. It's up to us. I know I want to see Jesus when he comes. Amen. 
I know Larry and I were working on, on the property where our camper is the other day. We were out there working on it and Larry was putting up a cross <laughs> and, and, um, it was getting dark outside and I felt the spirit tell me just, you just stay outside. Don't go inside. Just keep pulling weeds. And I kept pulling weeds and just kept pulling them up. And, and, and I didn't, you know, I didn't really want to, I didn't have my gloves on and, I was just wasn't really, you know, who wants to pull weeds? You know, sometimes it's fun, but anyway. So I was just out there pulling the weeds, and he was going about his business, and all of a sudden this guy just walks up at seemingly out of nowhere, and he started talking to me, and um, I was just telling him about about the Lord and the goodness of God, and you know, I wasn't really like preaching to him. I was just, you know, he asked me a question, I answered it. It was like that, you know. And the next thing I know, he starts crying, and he says, I want to know, I don't want to live my life like this no more. I don't want to be like this no more. I want to know Jesus, and I want to know that when I die, I'm going to see him. And he was just crying. And so I said, Larry, come here, come here, we need to pray. Come, let's pray together. So Larry came over, and we, we, we talked to him for a few minutes, and Larry laid hands on him, and, and we prayed. And we gave him, you know, led him in the sinner's prayer. And we prayed that God would sober him up because he was not quite sober when he showed up. And as we were praying, he opened his eyes real big and he looked around and he fell back. Again. There was a fence behind him. He fell back against that fence post and he said, I can see clearly now. I can see, I can see clearly. And he began to almost kind of like chuckle and laugh because he was, he was drunk. But now he wasn't in a moment. Amen? Praise God. And he gave his life to the Lord. He recommitted his life to the Lord. I'm not sure if he, he had used to go to church, but I'm not sure he had ever really given his life to the Lord. And he gave his life to the Lord right then and there. Amen? He knew that he wanted to see Jesus. And that's what I want to do. I want to see Jesus when he comes. Amen? I want to see Jesus when I get to heaven. I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. I do not want to hear, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Amen. And I don't want to be one that's just rejected God and gone off into the world and sought after my own flesh. We don't want to be after the flesh. We want to be after the spirit. Amen. We have a spirit man. And that spirit man inside of us needs to be submitted to God the Father. Amen. We need to be born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. Accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, He is the only way, the truth, and the life. Amen. When the when the disciples asked Jesus, "Well, how can we get there? Well, how can we come to where you're going?" And Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me." Amen. There's only one way. There's no other way. Amen. Please tell your kids, tell your grandchildren, there is no other way. There are not many streams. There are not many gods. There's only one God and there's only one way. Amen. There is therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The law can't deliver us from sin. The law, keeping the laws, keeping the rules, that's not going to deliver you. Showing up to church, you know, seven days a week, week in and week out, paying your tithes, those things are not going to save you. Amen? The law cannot save you. 
Your works cannot save you. You can feed the hungry. You can feed, clothe the poor. You can, you can do all these things. Those works will not save you. Amen? It's the blood of Jesus that can save you. It is the only thing. He is the only thing. It's the only thing that changes us and delivers us from our sinful nature and our sinful desires. Sin is what holds, held Jesus to the cross. Amen. It was your sins that held him there. It was my sins that held him there. Amen. And he did it for you and for me that we could be set free and be delivered and healed. Praise God. Let's keep moving forward. For the law of the spirit, verse two, of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. We're not held bound by the law of sin and death. Oh, victory. Oh, death. Where is thy victory? Where's your sting? Amen? It's gone. Amen? Glory to God. Because why? Because the blood of Jesus has been applied. Because when we know that the blood of Jesus has been applied, that when the trumpet sounds, we're going to take off this ground. Amen? We're going to leave. And we know if we, if we stay here and we die on this, this side of the, the rapture before the, before the catching away, if we were to lie, lie down and die on this side before the Lord Jesus comes again, that when we take our last breath, that when the next time we open our eyes, we'll be in the presence of our loving Savior and our Father God. Amen? And he will look at us and say, well done. Amen? He will say, you finished your race. You've been washed in the blood. I see. He looks at you. God looks at you and he sees Jesus. Amen? He sees that blood apply. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hmm. You ever look at your kids and see your spouse? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> okay. So, are you looking at your kids and you see, see somebody else that you loved growing up? Maybe you see your grandma in their face. You know, I can, I can look at my grandkids and say, that one looks like Larry and this one looks like uh, his mama, and this one looks like, and, they, and then they say, oh, this one looks like you, mama, you know. And, and you think about what God sees when he looks at you is Jesus. Amen. That's love. Amen. That's love. Can you imagine how much love he has when he sees you? How much compassion he, see, he has when he sees you? Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. It has no hold on me for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Because our flesh is just, it's the sin nature. Amen. It naturally wants to sin, but Jesus overcame it, and he lived a sinless life, even in the flesh. Amen? He lived a sinless life. Why? Because he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that's what gives us that power to overcome. Many, many, many people say, well, you know, I made, it, I made my mind up I was gonna, that I'm going to join the church, and I'm going you know, to be a Christian. You can't make your mind up that you're going to be a Christian. You must be born again. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? You must be born again as a spiritual transformation. The Holy Ghost is involved in your salvation. 
Amen. The Holy Ghost was involved in creation. The Holy Ghost was involved when you were conceived in your mother's womb. And when you're born again, the Holy Ghost is involved because he is the creative power of God. Amen. Amen. And then he says, be ye filled with the Spirit. Amen. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in his Spirit. Amen. But the evidence... All right, let's keep going. For, uh, verse 4. For the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. What has your attention more? What grabs your attention more through your daily walk? Is it the fleshly things? Is it the things of the flesh or is it things of the Spirit? Amen? Wow. I dare say, maybe I won't <laughs> say it, but most, you know, lots of times, if you were to sit down at the end of the day and you had a little tally or, you know, those, everybody has those, uh, not everybody, but a lot of people have those little smart watches now that tells them how many footsteps they took and how much sleep they got and how much more this they need to do and what they need to do over here and they need to rest. And you know, I think well, sometimes it comes up and says, you need to rest. <laughs> you need to sleep more. And, you know, and then, but what if we had a spiritual watch like that? And we do. His name is Holy Ghost. Amen. And if we were to allow the Holy Ghost to check us and say, you're leaning too much on the arm of flesh, or you're thinking too much about fleshly things, you need to get back over here in the spiritual realm. What if we would do that? Amen. And begin to walk more and more in the spirit and less and less in the flesh. You might forget to eat. It'll be okay. Your smartwatch might tell you, you forgot to eat. I don't know if it does that or not, but it, it might tell you, you know. <laughs> see, see that God is so amazing and so relevant and so ahead of the time that he's already given us the spiritual app. Amen. amen. He, <laughs> he downloaded it on the day of Pentecost. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. We've got the spiritual app. We just need to learn to use it. Amen. My phone has got all kinds of apps on it. Brother Marlon is taking me down a rabbit trail, but my phone's got all kinds of apps on it. I don't know how to use them. I don't. And some of us, what they call bloatware, so it came with the phone, and I, I don't know what to do with it. I'm like, that's really cool, but wait. Amen. They have, they have videos you can watch of how to use all these apps that came with your phone and how to uh, utilize your phone to the the hilt or whatever you call it, and maximize it. I, I don't got time for that. Amen? But we need to make time for the Holy Ghost. Amen? We need to make time for the spirit man and the spiritual things. We are spirits. Amen? We're not flesh. You know, you got the flesh, but we need to rely on the spirit of God. We need to rely, our spirit needs to be hearing from the spirit of God so that our spirit bears witness with the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost bears witness with our spirit. Amen? That where they should be against one another. We should be walking in hand in hand in unity and rhythm with the presence of the Holy Ghost, with Holy Ghost leadership. He came to lead us and guide us in all truth and righteousness. He did not call to lead us and guide us in all the flesh. Amen? So that you can have more things and heap up more stuff and have more, more food and more groceries and get more apps on your phone. It's not about that. Amen? It's not about the flesh. Our eyes at the end of the day across this nation are tired. From what? From looking at things that feed our flesh all day long. Amen? Our flesh says, oh, oh, oh. 
We'll call them. I'm, I'm probably not calling all y'all out, but I'm, I'm sure I'm calling myself out right here. But you know, you'll take three, four steps out the door. Where's my phone? Amen. The other day, we got it. We got out of the car and I stuck my phone in a secret hiding place in my truck. <laughs> and I went inside. I did not miss that thing at all. Amen. When I'm up here, it doesn't work well. I had to put it in one spot where you can get a signal. So all night long, it didn't ding. It didn't light up. It didn't make any I didn't miss it. I slept good. Me and the Holy Ghost had a lot of conversations and talks. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you just need to turn it off and put it away. Amen. When it's time to pray, when it's time to read your Bible, I'm going to challenge everybody in the room. When it, if you have a cell phone, if you have a wall phone, if you if that, you know, if anybody has a phone, if you have a TV, turn it off, unplug it, go in the other room, go for make a room where there are no electronics, no nothing that can, you know, interrupt. The dog can't even come through the doggy door to where you are. Put the dog away, or he can't come scratching the door. Whatever. Whatever the things are that beset you, whatever the things are that, that, that distract you, put them away and practice the presence of God. Practice spending more and more time in his presence and see what God does in your life and in this church and then in this community. Amen? What if? What if? Should not be what ifs anymore. Amen? As he said, I'm coming soon. We need to worship him with everything that we have. And it starts with us. Judgment begins in the house of God. And that means it starts with us. That means that we, he's looking at us to see where we're standing, what we're doing. He's calling you out this morning. Amen. And it's such a loving and beautiful way to come closer to him. We used to say, I double dog dare you. I double dog dare you to get closer to God and see what happens. He's not going to burn you up. Amen? You're not going to poof. Praise God, you're going to get powerful. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get wiser. You're going to have, you're going to have healings in your body. You're going to have more peaceful sleeps. You're going to have, you're, he's going to wake you up in the middle of the night and, and tell you to pray. He's going to wake you up in the middle of the night and ask you to, 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 to intercede. He might even give you some, some divine revelations. Amen. But you will not feel exhausted in the morning. You will feel revived and refreshed because you've been in the presence of God. Amen. Hallelujah. We haven't even got to the key verse yet. <laughs> For the things that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Let us be a people who are after the Spirit, that we are pursuing His presence, that we are pursuing and running after God. That does not mean that we're running from one tent revival to another, or one meeting to another. What meetings we need to be running to is meeting God. Amen? You got an appointment? Where are you going today? Oh, I've got a meeting. Amen? I've got a meeting. It's very important. I have to go. God bless you. I'll see you later. Amen? Amen. Go have that appointment with God. Make an appointment with God in the morning. Make an appointment with God in the afternoon. Make an appointment with God in the evening. Make time for your God, for your Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen? We need to be pursuing the presence of God like never before. And I'm not talking about any kind of hokey pokey stuff. I'm talking about what the Word of God says. Amen. The Bible says that we are to build up ourselves in the most holy faith in the book of Jude. Amen. 
Build up yourself in the most holy faith. How? How am I supposed to build myself up? I come to church so you can build me up, Pastor. I listen to the podcast or the radio or the TV evangelist so that they can build me up. No, that is not what the scripture says. Amen? The scripture says you do it. You build yourself up in the most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost. It's more than just speaking in tongues. It is coming into his presence, getting into his word, allowing him to speak. Yeah, you talk, we talk a lot. And when we pray, we pray a lot. But are we listening to what he's saying? When he speaks, it builds you up. When he speaks, it edifies you. When he speaks, it makes you stronger. Amen? And when you allow the Holy Ghost to pray through you, it does the same thing. It builds you up and it makes you stronger. But if we were all to come in here tomorrow or this afternoon or right now, we all began to speak in tongues. I've seen people do this. I've seen ministers stand up and say, everybody, use your prayer language. Who's being edified? The individual. If you should know by now, we should know how to build ourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen? And if we don't, it's time to learn. It's time to make time for God and to learn how to get into his presence by ourselves, how to feel the presence of God, how to, to, to come together in unity and in communion with God in our prayer closets, if you will. Sometimes your prayer closet's your car. Sometimes your prayer closet's pulling the covers over your head. Amen? Get into the presence of God and let God speak to you. Build yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Be a person who is after the Spirit and after the things, after the things, after the things of the Spirit. Look at that, after the things of the Spirit. All right, that sinful nature will get weaker. That Anger management problem will begin to get smaller and fall away. The peace of God will begin to reign in your heart more and more and more. The love of God, you'll begin to love people you didn't know you could love before. People you used to be, you look at them, ugh, you just feel angry when you see them. God, the more God you get, the more he will give you a love for them and a compassion for them. And you'll love those who are loveless. Amen. Unlovable. Everybody's like, well, how can you even pray for that person? Oh, my goodness. We've got to pray for them. Amen? Even the most un, un, unlovable people, we should pray for them. The most ungodly people, we should pray for them. Amen? We've had here a while back some, some people who were, uh, they were on a mission trip. And they came here. And they ministered to us. And they helped us out with some things. And, and they were good, godly people. If you knew their past, you wouldn't want them around you. Amen? One of them was a murderer. I don't know how many people he had murdered. But God saved him, sanctified him, filled him with the Holy Ghost. He meant sweetest little old man I ever met. Interceding, praying in the Holy Ghost, my goodness. Amen? We can't allow ourselves to be looking at the flesh 
We've got to look at things in the spirit. God sees that spirit. All souls are his, the Bible says. That soul, God is after that soul. No matter how unlovable you see them, no matter how unlovable the world sees them, God is still pursuing that soul. Amen? We must pray for them. We must be after the spirit and not after the flesh. So like, like I was saying, when the more you grow in the Spirit, the more those things are going to fall off. Even as born-again Christians, sometimes you pick those things back up or you allow those things to well up in you. You might say, well, that's my nature. That's the way I am. God did not create you with anger management problems. Amen? Thank you. God did not create you with the spirit of fear. Amen? Amen? Amen. God did not create you with anxiety. You were not born anxious. Amen? These things have to fall away. How do we deal with them? What do I do with anxiety? I get into the presence of God. I cry out to Jesus. Amen? And if I, you know, you can cry out to Jesus and still be in the flesh. And what? Hello? You can say, oh, Lord, help me. Oh, God. Lord, forgive me. We need to cry out to Jesus. Amen? That means you're talking, you, 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 you bring yourself under subjection knowing that you are crying out to the Lord and Savior. The Savior of the world. The Son of the living God. You are crying out to Jesus. Amen? I hear so many people, forgive me, and they say, they say like, oh Lord, it gotta be like this. It gotta be. We need to, don't do that. Amen? He is Lord he is the Lord of all. We don't need to just be throwing it around like it's a, a cheese biscuit. You know, it's got to be something good. It's, it's precious. His name is precious. His name is powerful. Amen? Don't take it in vain. Don't use it in vain. When you cry out to Jesus, mean it. If you cry out for the first time and you don't feel deliverance, keep crying. Amen? You need to break through. It's not him. It's you. Amen? Amen? Because, verse 7, the carnal mind is at enmity against God. Your carnal, your fleshly mind is at enmity, it grates against the presence of God. Oh, I need to get in my prayer closet. Pastor said I'm going to get in my prayer closet. I committed to it. I'm going to get in my prayer closet. But I need to pay the bills first. And I'm going to feed the dog. And I need to wash the car. And so-and-so called this morning, and, and they needed this. And, and God understands. God knows. Okay, Lord, I love you, and I thank you for this day. And I, just, I pray that you'll give us all a good day. And, and God bless you. I, have, hey, I love you, Lord. And run away and go do those things. Your mind is at enmity with God. Your mind will come up with every reason why you shouldn't get into that prayer closet or spend that time with God. Amen? And when I say prayer closet, I'm not, you know, not religious saying you have to get into a closet. I mean into the presence of God. Amen? That your mind will come up with everything. I think it was Spurgeon that said that if you, now this is, this is hardcore. He said if you get on the altar, you come into the presence of God and you begin to pray and you let something come in and your mind begin to wander, you need to repent. Amen? I agree. We need to repent. Don't just shrug it off all, oh, Lord, you understand. Repent. Oh, Father, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. Help me get my mind back on what I need to be praying about. Amen? Amen. We've got to reverence God in all that we do. This is, yes, it's a, it's, 
full of grace and full of mercy and it's really not hard but we need to reverence him and love him like no one else amen if he can love us like he does we need to reverence him and love him and show him the honor and the respect that he is due verse 8 no, I didn't finish verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Your mind is not subject to the law of God. That just tears up a whole bunch of playhouses, doesn't it? A whole lot of thought things that are, that are creeping into the church world these days. If I think it, God gave it to me. no. That's not true. Can I get a witness? Just because you think it doesn't mean God gave it to you. Amen. Amen? Just think about that. The fallacy in that thought process. I'm sure many of us have had some sort of thought in the past week that you knew was not of God. Can I get a witness? Okay. So then there are people out there saying, well, if it, if it came to me, it must be God. They're teaching this. That because the Bible tells us to have the mind of Christ, that we, every thought that we have is his. No, it's not true. You've got to bring your brain, your mind, your mind under subjection, crucifying your flesh daily. I die daily, Paul said. Amen? Amen. That we can lay down our lives, our mind, our will, and emotions have to be submitted to him. And even in that, even someone like Charles Spurgeon that would say, that when you get on the altar, I guess it was Charles Fred, I hope I'm quoting quote the right person, that, that people who sought after God and would get on the altar to pray knew that your mind would try to beset you. Knowing that they practiced prayer so much, these men of God practiced prayer so much that they had wooden floors in their homes, and when they went to, you can go to their homes today, they're like monuments or something to them, and, and when you go into those homes, you can see the divots in the, in the hardwood floor from where they got on their knees and prayed for hours and hours and hours before God. But they knew that their mind was at enmity with God. Amen? For it is not subject to the law, neither can it, law of God, neither can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You cannot please God in the flesh. Speaks for itself right there. You cannot be in the flesh and please God. You must be led by the Spirit, moved by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. If we are to be like Jesus, we are to walk as Jesus walked. Amen? But ye are not in the flesh. Hallelujah. That's not God's will for you. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit. Oh, wait a minute. So how am I in the spirit? If so be that the spirit of God dwells, dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I really appreciated that yesterday at the funeral or the homegoing service. Bishop actually said, Bishop Alvarez actually said, if you are... Um, how, you can, he said you can go to church every day of your life. He said it's been said if you put a car inside of a garage. No, if you go stand inside of a garage, does that make you a car? No. Going and sitting in a church pew week in and week out does not make you a Christian. Being born into a Christian family does not make you a Christian. I ask people a lot, how did you come to know Jesus? Well, my parents were Christians. That's not an answer. 
Amen. And he told them yesterday, you can, you can come to church all you want. You can do all these things all you want. But if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, and been born again, you do not know him. Amen. If we don't have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, let me clear something up right here because you might be thinking, okay, so everything you just said against everything we're reading right now, these things go hand in hand. Amen. As you are born again Christian, your body, your flesh, I mean, your flesh is still warring against you. Amen. That's why the scripture tells us that we must die daily and that we must crucify our flesh. Am I right? And that we must renew our mind daily. Amen. It is not a one-time deal that all of a sudden you got the spirit of God, you got saved, and now you are walking in the spirit. Amen. We must pursue the Spirit of God. We must pursue and be led by the Spirit. If, if, you're, if you allow yourself to be led by the flesh, then you're being led by the flesh. It's black and white. And if you're being led by the Spirit, you're led by the Spirit. It's pretty simple. So don't convolute it and think it's one way or the other. Amen? It is exactly what it says, that we must be led by the Spirit in all things. Verse 11, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwells in you. And there's some of our hope right there. There's the hope that when we die, that same Spirit, that same Spirit, the same one that you expect to catch you up and meet him in the air, the same one that you expect to resurrect your spirit so that you can go to heaven, and you believe that. Amen? It's the same one, the same ones that resurrected Jesus from the dead, the same spirit. It's the same one that dwells in us and quickens us and moves us about. Amen? If we'll allow him to. Amen? Amen? Therefore, brethren... I didn't know I was going to read all the scripture, but God knew. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you live through the spirit and do mortify or kill or crucify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many are as led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. Amen. We must be led by the spirit. They are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. What? I'm going to have to suffer? Wait a minute. I thought I was saved. I thought I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Why do I have to suffer? Jesus suffered. Paul suffered. Peter suffered. Stephen suffered. Stephen, however you want to say it, suffered. Amen? They suffered for Christ's sake. They went through things. But even in that, they said, We're not, I'm not pressed down. I'm not forsaken. I'm not, you know, the people may not care. Nobody might not be, you know, sending me, you know, love letters and tell me how great I am. But I know God. And I know my God hasn't forsaken me. Amen? Amen. 
that he, he is there for us. Look at verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. The stuff we're going through right now, whatever you're suffering, whatever you're enduring, it cannot even compare. Amen. Amen. Cannot even compare. Amen. Not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. All the sufferings of this present age, sickness, pain, misery, disappointment, poverty, being mistreated, being cursed and persecuted, any kind of trouble of every kind, pressed down, all those things must be considered insignificant, tiny, immon- you know, minuscule. That's what I was looking for. Minuscule in comparison to the blessings and the privileges and the glory that will be given to the faithful believer. Amen? Amen. As we are faithful believers in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I, I know everybody had places to be yesterday, but it was such a good sermon, such a good message. To know that the things of this world and the things that we endure in this world are nothing compared to the glory and all that he has prepared for us. Amen? Don't waste it on more earthly things. This, this, this earth, this life. Speaking to our, especially to our young people, but you know, even us older people, we start thinking we don't have much time. We got to do this. We got to do that. Oh, I always wanted to go do this. I always wanted to go do that. Bucket list, right? We don't. We don't. It's a flash in the pan compared to the eternity and the glory that we'll have with God, laying up our treasures. In that home above, trusting, fully trusting in our Savior's love. We need to put those things aside and pursue Christ. Amen? Pursue Christ. Put those things aside. If God says do it, then do it. If God says take a sabbatical, do it. Amen? If God says go buy a cheesecake and eat it with your spouse on top of the mountain, do it. Amen? But be listening because God might be saying, go buy that cheesecake and give it to that shut-in grandma over there. Amen? What a great blessing to take your spouse and go give a cheesecake or whatever it is to a shut-in grandma and spend time with her. Making eternal memories, eternal blessings. Amen? Laying up our treasures in heaven. And yes, taking a cheesecake and going to eat it with your spouse is also laying up treasures Especially when you're led by the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Or only. only <laughs> Not the flesh, but by the Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Verse 22. I don't want no cheesecake, by the way. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. And not only them, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan with ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. Sometimes you'll be in, in that prayer closet. Sometimes you'll be praying and seeking the Lord and you'll begin to groan within you and the Holy Spirit begin to groan. And sometimes it's just him longing for that day when the Holy Ghost and you and Jesus and God are all together in heaven. We can't even fathom it. We can't even imagine it, but the Holy Ghost knows. Amen. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why doth he yet hope for it? 
But if we hope for, I'm sorry, I had to swallow. But if we hope for that which we not, we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helps with our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Amen? He helps us. He is our helper. He is our, the one who comes alongside of us. Is that, that word helper there? And he comes alongside and he leads us and guides us, but he does, uh, goes even further than that and indwells us and leads us and guides us in all truth and righteousness. Amen? For he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Here we go. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he glorified. Now, we preached everything we preached to bring you up to this moment, right here. That we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God to them who are called according to his purposes. So if you have heard and you have stepped into obedience to hearing the voice of God and you've been called by God and you know and you begin to walk in it and you've taken that step to say, yes, Lord, I want to hear your voice. Whatever it is, whatever God's talking to you about, that you said yes to him. If you, it may have just been that first day of salvation and you said, yes, Lord. You've stepped into it. You've stepped into that predestination. Now you're on his path. Now you're on Jeremiah 29, 11. Now you're there. Now he's behind you. Now he's with you. Now he's saying, this is the way walk in it. Amen? And in that, he says that all things work together to the good of those who, are, who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. It's not for your purpose. Amen? It's for his purpose. When we pray... When I pray, I like to pray, God, that it bring glory to you. The end result is always for him. Not my will, but his will be done. That your name be glorified. That they will know that you are God. Amen? To the increase and to the glory of his kingdom, not mine. Amen? Amen? So he says, for whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate. He's already got a plan. Amen? And what did he say to Peter? Peter had a plan. Man plans his ways, but God directs his path. Amen? Peter had a plan. Peter had a preconceived idea of what it was going to be like. He thought he could figure this thing out. But God said, now this, you're going to do this. Amen? The Lord tells us, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Amen? You've got these things that are supposed to guide you, that are supposed to lead you, and you want to kick against them, you're going to get hurt. You're going to hurt yourself. Amen? Sometimes when you hurt yourself, you might hurt somebody else. That's, 
Thank God that, you know, Larry didn't fall on top of the little girl at skating rink. Amen? He threw himself out of the way. But what if he had fallen on top of her? He would have hurt her too. And there probably would have been a pile up at the skating rink. If I had been on skates, I would have guaranteed been in the middle of it and been <laughs> at the bottom of the pile. <laughs> I don't know how. This is what happens. That's why I don't put on skates. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whatever it is God has called and appointed you to, you need to step into it. You need to say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I will trust you and I will obey. That we need to fall. And I was talking to somebody the other day, somebody from Oklahoma, somebody that doesn't really even know me very well. And he used the same words that I use when it, in, in reference to trusting God. You know, and you've heard me say a lot, step by step. Because that's the vision he gave me. It was step by step. But I call it free falling. It's where you just walk to the edge. And you don't know what's over there. But God said step out. And you step out in faith. And you free fall. Knowing that Father God. Abba Father is right there. And he's not going to let you hit the ground. Amen. He's going to catch you and he's going to lead you and he's going to sustain you. He's going to give you everything that you have need of. Amen. It doesn't always come. Whatever he's calling you to, he doesn't always lay it out you know, in front of you and tell you it's going to be this and then this is going to happen and then this is going to happen. Even in prophecy. And if you look back in the Bible times, God said, you know, if you guys do this, this is what's going to happen. And then they would, you know, they would go and do the wrong thing. And then it would take like 40 years before the, if it's, this is what's going to happen to come to pass. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so you had to know, you had to have your Bible teachers, your, your, your scholars to say, God told us this was going to happen. And now it's happening to our, the, the next generation. We're seeing it unfold now. You know what I'm saying? So what, he doesn't always unfold everything before you. He doesn't always say, okay, look here. I'm calling you to Zimbabwe. I like to say Zimbabwe. It's a fun word. And so I'm calling you to Zimbabwe, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you're going to, there's going to be, um, no, it's already done. So here's the whole package deal. It's, you're not on the prices right, okay? So you're not winning the, the whole package deal where it says you, when you're going to get on the plane, you're going to fly over there, and there's a house already waiting here, and he's going to show you all the pictures and show you everything that's going to happen, and there's going to be money in your bank account, and, and there's going to be a church full. They're already there. The people are already saved. They're already sanctified, already filled with the Holy Ghost. You're just going to walk in. It's going to be a cakewalk. You don't have to worry about a thing. You just show up every, every you know, once in a while and open your mouth, and I'll fill it. Wait a minute. It is kind of like that, isn't it? But he doesn't always tell you all the in-betweens. Amen? I've read lots of stories about great missionaries that traveled overseas and, and had to go places, and they just heard God say, go to blah, 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 whatever place, Zimbabwe, okay? Just go to Zimbabwe. But Lord, they look in their pocket. I got two dollars. That won't buy me a ticket. I can't get this. I'm in the middle of such and such country, in the middle of, out in the middle of nowhere. Let's just say I'm out in the middle of Chin Lee. I'm in Chin Lee. How am I going to get to Zimbabwe? Well, first I got to get a ride into town to the train, maybe, because I don't have that much money. I, maybe I can catch some transit, or maybe I can hitchhike and I can get to the train, and then I can get on the train. But $2 is not going to buy me a ticket, I don't think, to get to Albuquerque on the train. 
So how am I going to get to the airline? How? And, it, and God says, you trust me. So what's the first thing you do? You start walking. Step by step. You step into it. And you start going. The next thing you know, somebody comes along. The Lord told me to give you this $100. Sometimes it's, the Lord told me to hand you this ticket to Zimbabwe. I don't know why. God woke me up this morning, told me to go buy a ticket to Zimbabwe, told me to call you up and tell you here's the ticket. It happens. Amen? John G. Lake, I believe it was, he and his wife, God called him to somewhere in Africa. I think it was. And they didn't have the money. They didn't know how to get there. They didn't know what to do. But God told them, you go down there and you wait. So they went to the, I hope I'm telling the story correctly, they went to the, where the ocean is, to, and the big boats. And they went down there and they waited. And somebody came up and gave them money to buy the ticket to get on the boat. That's a lot of money in our day. It's a lot of money in their day to get on that big boat with their whole family and go all the way across the ocean. God provided everything they needed step by step by step. When he got there and their feet hit the shore and they got off the boat, looking around wondering what they're going to do next, how is this going to, somebody shows up and says, God told me to come and look for you. You know, and describe him. This is what God told me you're going to look like. I have a house. I have a room for you and all your family and your wife and your children. Come with me. Amen. Time and time and time again, God provides. He knows exactly. It's his plan, not yours. Amen. We got a free fall and trust him in it. It's his plan. Remind yourself. Remind your mind. It's his plan, not mine. It's his way, not mine. It doesn't matter what everybody else around you is saying. Your friends, your family, your loved ones are going to say stuff. Amen? Man, we've been through it, me and Larry. People have told us all sorts of things. But we know what God has called us to. And a great reward, this past, this past visit, his mom had told us, that God has put a special anointing on you, and you've got to do what God's called you to do. And I was like, She did, not once did, she did not once say, I'm praying and asking God to send you back home. It was kind of like, <laughs> I got so used to hearing it, you know. And, and she didn't say it. She said, you've got to do what God's called you to do. You have an anointing on your life. Praise God. So we have to just trust the Lord. So I'm going to read that to you again. Verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called, according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. So we know that all things are going to work together to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I want you to understand, if you, have a, if you do memory verses and you want to memorize this verse, memorize the whole thing. Amen? Not just the, part, the first part of it, but the whole thing, because it has to be to them who are called according to his purpose. You can't leave that part out. Amen? Amen? This is an encouragement to know that the trials, the tribulations, the things that you're going through, you know, Pastor, Pastor Marjorie's car got messed up in the mud. I imagine it was a pretty stressful situation. I, I, got, I didn't understand what she was telling me over text, and I, and I got a little freaked out when I realized, oh my gosh, they were stuck in the mud. That's scary. 
I got, I got, you know, oh my goodness. And, you know, I didn't understand what she was telling me. And they got stuck in the mud to the extent that the, the car was basically destroyed. That's scary. But God is up to something. Amen? The first thing I told Larry, you know, Benny said, Benny said, we're going to get a new car. We're going to get something new when God's timing is right. And, I, and I'm sure Benny wasn't quite sure how they were going to work that out. But God knows. Amen? I don't know if God's giving you all a new car or if he's rebuilding the one you have. But it'll be like new. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Benny wants a truck. Let's believe God for a truck. You need a truck. Amen? Do you all understand what, what God's saying here? We just got to trust him. Just got to trust him. Our truck, when we came out... This past, we went to South Carolina and came back, no air conditioning. It got hot real fast here in New Mexico. It was really hot. We didn't know how we were going to pay to get the air conditioner fixed. It was a, a lot of money, but God provided. And we stepped out in faith, and God provided. Amen? And I believe in God for even, you know, now we need new tires, and we need new shocks, and all these things. The, the truck, it's got 367,000 miles on it. That's a blessing. Amen? Somebody said, it looks like new. Oh, Sister Beth it looks like new. I praise God for that truck. Amen? I'm not going to gripe and complain that the seats are broken down and look rough. It's still getting us where we need to go. It's still more comfortable than riding in a, a little tin can, you know, because Larry's got long legs. We need a big, you know. It's a good vehicle. It meets all the needs that we have. And it keeps on going. And I praise God for that. People told us when we bought it, oh, that thing's not going to last. That's a... You know, people say things about Fords. People say things about Chevys, you know, whatever. I said, no, the Lord told us, told me to get that vehicle, and that's why we got it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to endure until he's ready for us to have something new. Amen? Or something else. Praise God. So let's read it one more time. And we know. Everybody read it out loud. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. One more time. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Amen? Let's walk in it. Let us be led by the Spirit. Pursue his presence. Pursue spiritual things. Pursue the things of God. Amen? Let's just simplify it real simple. Pursue the things of God. There's a lot of spiritual stuff going on out there in the world. We need to pursue the spirit of God, and we need to pursue the things that please God. Amen? Not the flesh. Glory to God. And he will lead you, he will guide you, and he will provide for you all along the way. We just have to trust him. Sometimes he, he might even send some ravens to feed you. Amen? Or manna from heaven. He knows there's nothing. His arm's not too short. Amen. Amen. Y'all look tired. Are y'all tired? No. <laughs> Are you encouraged this morning? Yes. Amen. Yes. Praise God. Amen. How would you feel if a raven brought you a... <laughs> a what? Prime rib. Prime rib. 
I don't think we have steak out here in New Mexico. Where they, they or Ruth Chris. Let's just go all the way. So what if what if a raven flew up here and he had a bag in his mouth and inside the mouth was a nice meal from Ruth Chris? I've never been there. So it's so expensive. Would you eat it? Especially if you were hungry, huh? Oh my goodness, Lord! It's sealed. The bag's sealed. You know they seal all the bags now. They put a little sticker on there. As soon as the spirit bears witness, I'm <laughs> you wait for the spirit to bear witness. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Let's go fresh bread. Yeah, fresh bread, fresh manna. What if you woke up tomorrow? God said, when you get up in the morning, there'll be bread. And you got up in the morning, you expected to smell yeast, yeast rolls in the kitchen. There's a menu, a recipe on the fridge in there for yeast rolls. I can think, mmm, yeast rolls. <clears throat> you thought, oh, it's going to smell some yeast rolls and coffee. No, the Lord says, you wake up, Lord, where's the, I know you said there was going to be bread. He says, go open the door, look outside. You open the door, you look outside, there's this stuff all over the ground, it's kind of like mushrooms. He says, eat that. I've provided for you. This is your bread. <laughs> Take only what you need. Amen? Don't got, store any of it up. We got salad out there right now. Yeah, salad. <laughs> We do, you know, we actually do. We have that, that wild salad, but then we also have lettuce from our old gardens. It's growing out there. There's lettuce over there. There's corn in the front yard over here. Plant it. Plant that seed. Praise the Lord. So we will just trust God. He will meet our every need. Amen. He's a, he's a big, big God and a good, good father. He'll never leave you begging bread. Amen. Praise God. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Amen. Let's pray.